After an offseason where we almost might not get any baseball, baseball is back. Now your Cincinnati Reds are done with spring training and are ready to chase whatever the future holds. home run for Jonathan India and the Reds jump out to a one to nothing lead. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story, but here we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. Today on the pod, it's the season preview for the Reds. After an offseason that saw so many recognizable and beloved players go, and, you know, they ship Winker and Suarez, um, so it, it feels like starting over in a way. WLWT Sports Director George Vogel joins me to break down who remains and who was added. And you know we have to talk about the Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. And that kid comes in here, steps in, and just flat gets it done and wins Rookie of the Year. Here's our conversation. Reds baseball is officially back. Spring training is over. Regular season on the way. WLWT Sports Director George Vogel joining me once again, George We've seen how the Reds have been over the past few years. Take us through spring training and that 30,000-foot view of this team before we get into the specifics. Yeah, it's definitely a roster that doesn't stack up the last year's roster. When you take, you know, your two all-star outfielders are gone, Castellanos and Jesse Winker. Then you take two of your top three pitchers out of the rotation with Wade Miley being waived before the lockout and then Sonny Gray being traded one of the first days after the lockout. Um, it's not the same team. Now, they had some replacements in mind for some of these guys, but replacing that production in the outfield, that's going to be a tough, tough thing to do. Yeah, because you, you mentioned it yourself, uh, kind of the big bats and big names that we've uh, all come to love and the people you talk about and the highlights every single night just aren't there anymore. But we'll get to them. But let's talk about the guys who are going to replace them. New players that we're expecting to fill in and hopefully make up some of this production. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, they're getting Mike Moustakis back from an injury-plagued season last year. Uh, we'll see if he can recapture some of that past glory of his and and be a reliable RBI guy. Then in the outfield, you're going to have to, you know, Nick Senzel is going to have to stay healthy. He's a guy, obviously, with a lot of promise. His main issue has been injuries ever since he's been drafted, to be honest, and he was a number two overall pick. So that's a guy that uh, they have a lot of belief in and, and a lot of hope for who will be playing center field. They're going to have Tyler Naquin in the lineup uh, and more than likely playing a lot of right field. And, and that's, you know, he's another one who has shown some promise in a, a former first round pick uh, played pretty well when he was uh, playing last year and, and they slid him into that number two hole in the lineup and he seemed to thrive there a little bit and that's where they're going to have him again. So they, they hope to get production there. And then they picked up, uh, a couple of guys, Tommy Pham is probably going to be the main guy starting out in the outfield. And and Pham, the whole dynamic with getting him just kind of – it kind of shined a light on what happened this offseason because they did put themselves in a pickle where they didn't have enough frontline players to fill that starting lineup. And after they 
had gotten down to a certain amount of payroll by cutting Wade Miley and getting rid of a Eugenio Suarez along with Winker and the trade to Seattle and dumping uh, Sonny Gray in that trade, which wasn't maybe not a bad trade. They got decent return in that gray trade, but still they needed some people and they got down to a certain payroll number and all of a sudden they could add again. So in comes Mike Miner, a, a veteran pitcher from the Royals who's currently injured, but he's supposed to fill a spot in the rotation. And then Tommy Pham, you sign and basically, you know, promise seven and a half million dollars to, and people are scratching their heads like, well, wait a minute, you know, you, you traded away Winker. Um, you know, obviously you were able to dump Suarez's salary in that trade, but uh, to, to give Tommy Pham, who's coming off two subpar years, and albeit he was injured, but at the same time, he's 34 years old. Is he going to get back to being a guy that you can rely on day in and day out, out in left field? We will see. But that, to me, is a big roll of the dice by the Reds. And quite honestly, I think Mike Miner is a big roll of the dice, too, because that's another guy who's 34. They're paying him almost $10 million. So who would you rather have, Wade Miley, who they – waived right before the lockout or Mike Miner, who they had to trade for. I would rather have Wade Miley, but we'll see how that works out. But uh, also, you know, Aquino's back. Uh, They picked up Jake Fraley in the trade from Seattle. And so those are the guys they're going to be relying on out there. And I don't think that stacks up very well with – uh, an outfield last year that included Winker and Castiano. So I think that's an issue. Um, but, you know, you have Jonathan India back, Joey Votto back, Kyle Farmer back at shortstop, and Tyler Stevenson takes over the full-time catching duties from uh, Tucker Barnhart, who went in the trade just before the lockout as well. Uh, so it's a different team, some of the same faces, but some new faces that they're going to have to pick up the slack, and and that's going to fall directly – on the feet of Nick Crawl, if it doesn't happen, the Reds' general manager. Yeah, a lot of pieces he moved around, shipped off, brought in. So it was definitely a uh, interesting offseason, to say the least. And um, just today, you know, we're recording this podcast on uh, Tuesday, April 5th, and uh, Shogo was uh, let loose by the Reds. He was one of those guys I think they expected a lot out of um, a Japanese ball player, and, you know, the Reds cut him loose today. Yeah, it was just never worked out for him. And it seemed like uh, – the year before last, he got to play a lot towards the end of that, uh, the, the, the 2020 season, the COVID year. And in September, he showed a lot of promise. I think he hit over 300 for the month and played a lot of games, got a lot of at-bats. So the feeling was, you know, more playing time. He, you know, is going to finally get his footing here in the major leagues as opposed to the Japanese league. But last year it never worked out. And quite honestly, he was never able to get in the groove. You know, he started off, had to miss some spring training. His wife had that terrible accident up there in Sharon Woods. It was just an awful deal he had to deal with and never got his footing. And then, you know, they, they owe him $8 million, but there just wasn't a place for him on this team. And, and he never really, to me, he made some decent plays in the outfield, didn't have a great arm, uh, just did not ever really get that traction at the plate outside of that one month. He hit, uh, I want to say, like 220-something for his two years here, uh, an on-base percentage slightly over 300. That's just not going to get it done in an everyday lineup in the major league. So they decided to move on, and and quite honestly – 
signing him has turned out to be a mistake. It was a $21 million contract when they brought him in from Japan. And uh, they didn't even come close to getting that kind of production out of him, but they took a shot. Didn't work out. At least they're not, uh, you know, multiplying that mistake by keeping him around. They think it's time to move on and, and give a Kino Fraley, uh, guys like that, the bats. And and then they brought in also, you know, you've got the DH this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you have to think about that in, in the National League. And they brought in Colin Moran, which was, I thought, a really sneaky good signing by them. Uh, a veteran guy from Pittsburgh who's got some pop. He's a big dude, can back up Votto at first base. So uh, not all the moves were head scratchers this offseason. I think that one is a good one uh, as, as far as the DH coming. Uh, for the team because he'll probably see a decent number of bats too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the show go, maybe it's best that, you know, both sides part ways, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody coming from a different country entirely, a different way of life coming to the Midwest and expected, Hey, you need to produce for this. Yeah. It uh, really is. On the other side of totally, the planet. Yeah. Totally different culture and all that. And just, yeah, really tough. Uh, great guy. They loved him in the clubhouse and the whole organization loved him. It just didn't work out on the field. And it's a shame. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure he'll get picked up very soon and get get another shot um, in the majors yep, uh, probably very soon. So uh, you you touched on them a little bit. You know, the Reds still have Joey Votto and they still have last year's Rookie of the Year in Jonathan India. You could probably say that these two are going to be looked at as the backbones. You know, Joey Votto had a great year last year. I think he had almost 40 home runs or something like that. And obviously what Jonathan India was doing, winning Rookie of the Year you'd hope both of these guys can come in immediately and really give uh, this team some pop moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. And boy, oh boy, Jonathan India, the rookie of the year. Um, you know, what can you say about him and the season he had and the way he just embraced the Reds have been looking and looking for years for someone to fill that leadoff role. And that kid comes in here, steps in, and just flat gets it done and wins rookie of the year. And, uh, you know, you have to love his aggressive style of plays, uh, aggressive on the base paths. It's it's seldom do you see him get into the third inning where his uniform isn't dirty from something, <laughs> diving for a ball at second base, you know, running the bases, whatever. He's, he's one of those gritty, grinded-out guys that – People will pay money to go see. Um, so that side of the infield, yeah, you're right. Fado had a good year last year, all told. You know, when you look at some of the power numbers and and what they asked him to do, um, he did it very well. He's, uh, you know, a career 300 hitter. Obviously, he's getting up there. He's probably, you know, the 300 days may be behind him, but still, he is showing some pop and had uh, 99 runs batted in last year. So. So that's pretty good production on that side of the infield. The other side, Kyle Farmer, uh, who was a throw-in in that uh, Yasiel Puig deal back in the day, and now here he is, the only guy left on the team from that trade. And not only, you know, is he still here, he's now a starting shortstop. When he when he was a kind of, he looked like a throw-in on that trade. When you saw the other names that came over, Alex Wood, Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, um, you, you're okay. Kyle Farmer, they threw him in. And, and he was kind of known as sort of a backup catcher, utility guy. Well, he got a crack to to play some shortstop here with the Reds and, you know, not only turned heads at the plate, but in the field. He's been very, very good for them in the field. And, and he's a lot like India, where he's just a gritty, down and dirty player and gives you everything he has inning in and inning out. And then, you know, Moustakas. 
he's got to get it together here and and stay healthy and uh, hopefully is in better shape than than what he appeared to be at points last year and can get that stroke back a little bit and provide some uh, provide some RBI power there because they can certainly use it. You got to have that at those corner positions. I know that's old school thinking, but on this team. You really do, because I don't know where else it's coming from. I mean, you know, you've got a wild card and Tommy Pham in left field, and then uh, Tyler Naquin certainly can, but can he do it consistently? Because I've seen that guy hit balls in batting practice that, uh, who I mean, he can put a charge into it, let me tell you. Yeah, so we love to see the long ball, and hopefully quite a few of these guys can continue to do that. I remember um, Moustakas, when he was in Kansas City, had that pop and signed a big contract to go out to San Diego. So I'm sure he would himself look to get back to some of those numbers he was putting up in, um, over the last uh, few years before he got to Cincinnati. Uh, so looking at the rotation, we talked about the offense. Now looking at the defense, you know, the rotation – in, in my words, I think it looks pretty jumbled right now. You have injuries to Castillo, uh, you know, Maley, Green, Miner, San Martin, Gutierrez, Lozolo. He's still hurt. What do you make of this rotation? If healthy, you know, from your eye, from the people you've talked to, what do you expect out of this this rotation heading into the year? Well, you, you've got to bank on uh, the young guys, and you know, Hunter Green's in that rotation, you know, it's his time to, to get it done. And, and he threw pretty well this spring. He had the one bad outing, uh, you know, and then uh, in uh, Tuesday's game, he gave up two solo home runs, but, you know, four innings, two runs, not great, but, but better than the outing before. And everyone's going to have those outings like he had, and you never know what he's working on in a spring training game. But overall, he did okay. Uh, Lodolo looked great this spring. And, in fact, I was surprised when they uh, slid green into the rotation before Lodolo. I know Nick was coming off that injury, and, you know, that allowed him to get into spring training a little earlier than most of them during the lockout. And uh, he, he looks really good. So they've, they've moved him in the rotation. So that's two rookies making their major league debut. Vladimir Gutierrez is uh, coming off his first season. And Sam Martin has thrown a little bit at the major league level. He had a few starts here last year. Um, but uh, hits young. It's young. And, and I will say this, when you look at that rotation, you know, Castillo's hurt to start the season. Um, Mike Miner, the veteran, is hurt to start the season. And they may not miss much time. They think Castillo will miss one, maybe two starts, they, they hope. So hopefully by, you know, two more weeks, he's back in that rotation. And, and Miner's right behind him. And then whoever shines out of those young guys will get to stay. And, of course, Tyler Malley starting the season opener. And then I, I, it looks like he's on track to start the uh, the home opener as well against the Guardi- uh, Guardians uh, on April 12th. So, yeah, Stephen, it's so young, um, it kind of scares me. But... <laughs> I, I will say this, you look at what they have there in that rotation with those young guys and their promise, and then what they have to back it up in the minors. And I keep jokingly saying the Reds are going to be a good team in 2024. And I do believe that. I mean, the position players, the, the minor league system is stocked pretty well right now. Uh, and and it better be after some of those trades they had to make in the off season. Absolutely. But, but they do have a chance, but you know, 
when are the Reds ever going to turn the corner and, and be the team? You know, they they were coming close, and then they decided this offseason they couldn't afford Cassiano, so he leaves as a free agent, opted out of his contract. And, and from what I could tell, uh, I mean, I think he liked it here. I think he would have liked to have come back, but he, he wasn't doing any hometown discounts, and the Reds just weren't willing to – to pony up any more than they were already paying him. So he's out of here and, you know, they ship Winker and Suarez. Um, so it, it feels like starting over in a way. And it was almost like the Mike Miner trade and the Tommy Pham trade or, or signing was kind of like, holy smokes, we don't have anybody left here in camp and the fans are mad. We got to go out and get some people. And and that's just what it feels like. Yeah, it, it just seems like, yes, exactly. And, and that scares me a little bit about how, how this team's built right now in the makeup, but, but, but there is hope for the future. There really is. I mean, they've got, you know, Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson behind the plate, who's coming off a really good rookie season for a catcher last year. Uh, you know, they've got last year's first round pick in the minors, McLean out of UCLA, that's shown a lot of promise early on. And, and I mean, you can go right on down the line. We saw Ellie De La Cruz, who's a shortstop prospect that's 20 years old and looked really good um, this spring. And Jose Barrero, who's out with an injury and, and probably going to be out for a little while. But that's a guy who last year was phenomenal. He just tore it up at AAA and forced his way back to Cincinnati. Uh, but hopefully, you know, he comes back recovered and ready to go. And and they do have some really, really good young talent. But people in Cincinnati are tired of hearing that. It's like yeah. it's time to let this grow. And, and once you have them, keep them for a little bit and see if they can make a run. It just seems like every time the Reds get to where they're knocking on that door, then they just walk away. Yeah, and that's and what this offseason feels like. Yeah, you and I had so many conversations at the end of our uh, 10 o'clock show on MTV. It just felt like they were throwing in the towel, had no interest in winning, and were just building for the future. But at some yeah. time, the future needs to be right now. And yep, I totally understand. You know, Great American Ballpark is an amazing place to see a game. It's a great place to take the family. It's a great first date outing. You could probably poll half of the city. And their first day yeah. was probably at a Reds game. But at some point, the product on the field needs to be the focus and not just the fan experience as a whole, because we want a winner here in Cincinnati. Yeah. And even though the, the lockout happened and opening day got moved from March 31st to Cincinnati's opening day now being April 12th, any other year that game sold out by now. It's not sold out yet. Now, it probably will. But. That speaks volumes to me of uh, how fans are viewing this team right now and this organization with what happened in the offseason. The fan base did not like it, and I can sympathize with them on that. (laughs) Absolutely. So, George, uh, given everything you've just said, what would be considered a successful season for this red team? Would it be what 85 wins? I'm not sure what Vegas has the over under. Yeah, 85 at, but I'm guessing- would be fantastic for them. Yeah, the 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 total just kept kind of slipping. I think it's down to like 73 and a half now or something, which is not good. But uh, if they can battle around and be close to 500, and the young guys show the promise, I think they have then uh, I would consider that a successful season. Um, 
you know, they got to hope this revamp bullpen comes through too. I mean, they've moved some people around there, brought in Hunter Strickland, who uh, uh, has a really good track record. And I know he got roughed up in a couple outings this spring, but I, I think that guy is a plus. Uh, they had to do something with that bullpen. I mean, if they had had a decent bullpen last year, Stephen, they're right there, probably in the playoffs. I mean, they had so many blown games where they were in control and you felt so bad for those starting pitchers yeah. leaving with two and three run leads, knowing full well that that was probably not going to be enough. And a lot of times it wasn't. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if they fix that bullpen, but um, I'm skeptical, but you never know. Bullpen, bullpens are so fickle. And you know how it is. Like relief pitchers one year look like world beaters, and the next year they can't do anything. Look at Amir Garrett, who they <laughs> shipped in that trade yeah. for Mike Miner. I mean, a couple of years ago, everyone's like, that's the closer. That's the closer. Why don't they let him close? And then he gets his chance, and it, it was an utter disaster. And, and it's tough to predict what these relief pitchers are going to do. Absolutely. And to your point about, you know, a couple closeouts of games last year, maybe four or five the other direction. This year, another playoff spot is opening up. So the playoffs have expanded. That might get the Reds into the playoffs in any other year. So we'll kind of have to see, you know, what happens once uh, the first pitch goes out here in a couple of days and when the Reds bring it back home to Great American and uh, perform in front of their uh, home fans. Yeah, I know this. I will say this. I, I, I was impressed with what I saw out of the bats in the spring. They, they hit the ball really well. Um, they end up with a winning record coming out of the spring. I know that means nothing, but uh, just the way they hit the ball, and I, it that was impressive. Can they continue to do that during the regular season? I don't know, um, but they did surprise me a little bit there, so maybe they'll do it in the regular season. Maybe I'll be a little surprised. As I told, because the beginning of the season's really tough. Stephen, they, you know, they've got the Padres, the Dodgers, right after they play uh, the Guardians here. You know, they open with the defending world champs, the Braves down there. Yeah, they they got Atlanta down there, then Cleveland back here. Then they go like to L.A., San Diego. If if they are five hundred during the first week of May, that that to me would be a great accomplishment for this team. Uh, hopefully they can do it because if they can, then there's enough games left with the Pirates and people like that that maybe they can hang around. We'll see. Absolutely. You take two out of three, three out of four, get on a little bit of a roll here, get yourself a little cushion. You just kind of never know what can happen after that. So the Reds open the season at Atlanta Thursday, April 7th. They'll be back home here in Cincinnati Tuesday, April 12th against those Cleveland Guardians. 410 scheduled first pitch. George Vogel, thank you so much for all your expertise on the Cincinnati Reds. Let's play ball and uh, hope for a good season uh, down at Great American. You got it. Play ball. Hope to see you down at the ballpark, Stephen. A big thank you to the legend, George Vogel, for his time. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening. We've all seen it. That check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast.